Dave Holmes. Shane Guy. That's me. You uh, look terrific in the chain. Thank you so much. I have not taken this chain off uh, since I got it in January or whenever. Now, you were considering getting a I chain. Was. Where are you with that? Well, you know, I it's it, we're not in a place where we can really go and try them on. You know, right. um, I've seen some on Amazon that look okay on Amazon, but I don't want to buy a chain on Amazon. No, God, um, no. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. When your friend starts making them again, then we'll talk. Then maybe I'll become a chain guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my my friends, Shira and Dana, they have a jewelry company uh, called The Ten, and that's where I got this beautiful baby. And they're just kind of on pause right now for obvious reasons but i i hopefully they'll be back up and running and okay i'll let people know so everybody can get on the chain wagon i love it i love it if if connell from normal people hadn't done it if you hadn't done it um we had uh, gabe delahaye over at the pool and he is now a chain guy and it's like all right swimming in a pool with a chain it's just a it's a cool summer look i'm in yeah, you never have I'm to in. take it off. It's great. Mm-hmm. And God, it will with that gorgeous head of hair and the oh, scruff. Matthew. Oh my God, get thank out you. of here. Matthew, thank you so much. Um, I have just come from my first eye doctor appointment in uh, in ages. Well, I mean, like since the, well, certainly since the lockdown, but I guess it's my first eye doctor appointment since last year. I say this only because um, I see the same eye doctor as uh, Brian Safi, Aaron Gibson, and Paul F. Tompkins. We all see the same guy. And he is so hot, it's crazy. Like, he's unbelievably handsome. Um, I long ago when I was looking for an eye doctor, I went on Twitter and I was like, does anyone in LA know a good eye doctor? 50 people got back to me. One of them was like, my guy is great and he's incredibly hot. First guy I called, went right there. He's fantastic. Um, of course, everyone's masked up. He still looks great. Wow. That's um, hard to pull yeah. off. It's a difficult look to pull off. And Interestingly enough, eyes. it's the eyes. It's the eyes that have it. Um, they're fine. They're fine. You know, just, you know, I'm a type one diabetic. Got to stay on the shit. Um, but I am good. It seems like you kind of just wanted an excuse to go see him. You are absolutely right. Actually, Aaron, Brian, Paul, and I thought about doing a limited run podcast about him and oh, then I having him as a guest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that never came to pass. And now Honestly, I think maybe it, it's too it seems late. like you should just set up an office in the Earwolf building uh, when he we should open maybe do back that. up. He should maybe do that. Yeah. God, if you could see this guy. Oh, Lord. It's, he's like Bob Benson from um, from Mad Men, but blonde. It's too oh, much. Oh, wow. It's too much. Yeah, that um, is too much. So here in Homophilia recently, Matt, we've been in a, a bit of a literary corner. And I don't mean to, to say yeah. to say that we've been backed into a literary corner. It's just been like you know a cozy nook with a with a good leather chair and a lot of uh, a lot of dusty old volumes yeah. full of wisdom. We had Sam Lansky last week. This week we have Gabby Dunn, who has written uh, no fewer than ten thousand books. Um, we're all stuck at home right now. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, what am I reading? I just went through, so, uh, Byron Lee, we had on recently and, yeah. you know, he, and, uh, he wrote this great book that was inspired by his time with Carrie Fisher. And that got me into such a Carrie Fisher hole that I, uh, rewatched Postcards from the Edge. I read Postcards from the Edge. I rewatched the documentary. I, I read, uh, Wishful Drinking. Um, I've just been yeah. watching uh, YouTube tribute videos of her. So, 
her her voice has been like a very comforting, you know, time, uh, a, 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 a source of comfort in a time of stress. Jesus yeah. Christ, what am I trying to say? I That's also okay. read um, Luster by Raven Leilani, which is kind of uh-huh. a hot book of the moment that was excellent. Uh, I'm just looking over at the bookshelf to see what I what else I've read. I read uh, a Mama Cass bio. Ooh, fantastic! Uh, this, that that was great. Um, and I'm now reading The Lies That Bind, and I'm forgetting the oh, author's right. name, but it's a, it's very like. Uh, a, this is incredibly demeaning, but I some people would maybe describe it as chick lit. It's sort of in the like big little eyes realm, mm-hmm. which of course is that's my bread and butter. But I'm in a sure it's a book club selection uh for the Jane Club, which is ah. um, a uh, a, a society that I have joined that uh our friend oh thank you, Renee. It's written by Emily Giffen. Not Emily Griffin, but Emily Giffen. Mm-hmm. Get it right. Are you reading it too, Renee? Or you just did some Googling for us? Just did some Googling, but I'm going to start oh, reading it now. <laughs> um, yeah, by the way, people can join the Jane Club now, which is is a um, a like a, a social club here in L.A. that June Diane Raphael founded uh, that was that is uh, uh, mostly for to serve working moms. Um but has expanded into this online community and you know they got people from all over the world now there's programming all day every day there's meditation there's classes there's like workshops there's you can do like a sound bath you can um you can see like Nicole Byer come on and do a fun Q&A you know there's it, there's such a cool variety of stuff and it is primarily women but it's open to to people of all gender identities uh-huh. and um, uh-huh. i love it i've been hearing a lot about the jane club my friend irene white just joined and is loving it it's great it is great what are you reading um i have a lot of competing books right now um because he, here's the thing. Okay, I got the Sarah Schaefer book, Grand. She uh, mm-hmm. wrote a memoir about uh, hiking through the Grand Canyon. Uh, I love her. I cannot wait to tear in. It just arrived. Um, I am reading in advance of Jared Yates Sexton's new book, American Rule. He is a uh, he's like a a political writer. He's great on Twitter, and we've sort of gotten to know each other. Uh, you know, we did the DM slide a couple years ago, and we've been uh, yeah. we've been online friends. Um, he has got a new book coming out in just a few weeks uh, that is really fascinating. His first book, uh, The Man They Wanted Me to Be, is about uh, you know uh, toxic masculinity and, and his upbringing in the South, and it's great. Um, I also have Shuggy Bain, which is an Irish, uh, well, maybe Scottish, actually, uh, book that John Butler recommended. That is on oh. its way. Okay. Also, on eBay, got myself a copy, hardcover, of Shirley MacLaine's Out on a Limb. So at some point, I'm going to have to fully lose myself to that. But for right now, it's just like there are four books that are competing and really nobody's winning because I haven't cracked one. And is Out on 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 a Limb an an older one when she gets into sort of the extraterrestrial? This is right. Yeah, this is right where she starts to get into past lives and, and, and aliens and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm very excited. She's in a she's in a, a, a kicky little um, you know uh, little jumper, little hoodie jumper on the on the cover. Very excited. It's it's Santa uh, Fe in a book. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to tear in. 
you know what else? And I've got nothing but time. Of course. Pardon me? What uh, people should also be reading goes without saying a little book called Party of One. Oh, thank Dave you. Holmes. Still available. Still available. Still crawling off the shelves. Um, Gabby Dunn has books that include I Hate Everyone But You, Please Send Help, Bad With Money, Bury the Lead. She is a, uh, a fascinating person and a great author. Um, oh, we have a podcast review. Oh, Alishka loves it, gives us five stars and says the quarantine content we all need and love. And then with a with a lesser than sign and the number three makes something that looks like a heart or a double scoop oh. of ice cream. Well, with double scoop of ice cream back at you, Alishka. Ah, oh, thank you so much. We appreciate thank you so it. much. Uh, hey, before we get to Gabby, we have yeah. uh, something very important to discuss, which oh, is yeah, do, um, the season of Beat Cutes continues. It is the season of Beat Cutes, yeah. You're up, Dave Holmes. I am up. You know, and I, I, I wish that this meat were cuter. But it's really not. Although I guess I guess in in a sense it is a coming out, which I have not coordinated with Ben at all. Um, but we always tell people we met in a bar. Technically true, but beforehand we met on Yahoo Singles, oh. and, uh, and and I was like, oh, I don't know who this little blonde boy in the in the recording studio is, but he is interesting. Uh, and then we did meet at, uh, at um, it was the day after my birthday at uh, the other room on Abbott Kinney had just opened. I love um, that place. Th- yeah, and those are my like favorite places in New York were the room, the other room, and another room because they're just beer and wine bars and they play great music and they're out of the way and they're never crowded. Um, so I was like, why don't we go and have a drink there? My uh, my best friend from New York and roommate had been out for my birthday. I dropped him off at LAX, went right up Lincoln to, uh, to Abbott Kinney, to the other room, met this boy. Um, had a lovely conversation, and then we we realized that we both had uh, a huge love of the sort of indie um, indie boom of the '90s, the post Nirvana alternative radio boom of the '90s. And so, for like until we saw each other again, which was a couple of weeks, we would just text back and forth names of bands. So it would just be like hum. And, uh, you know, Goldfinger and whatever. It was just like we just kept it was it was like a uh, word association 90s alternative band text conversation that went on for a really long time. Um, oh, also, that, and I, I think this is Ryan Connor's favorite band. Our beloved engineer is, is, is that true? A rare chime in. What? Um, they are my favorite oh, band ever. B. Damned. Do you know it's big when everybody's Ryan in it. today, and I love it. I oh, oh wait, love I'm sorry. It. I, 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 I have to take this opportunity to to back you up a little bit. First yes. of all, do you remember anything about what your Yahoo Singles profile was? I don't. I don't remember anything you about it. No, and, it, was, it was perfunctory at best. I, I just remember I was like, I was just out of a relationship, and I was like, I want to meet some new people, and so I just kind of threw some stuff up there. Um, did 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 Ben know you were Dave Holmes? When did not, that come up? Uh, later, L- not right away. Uh, okay. It did come up later. He was not a big MTV viewer, but he does remember having seen "Wanna Be a VJ" uh, with a friend at the time. But we didn't we didn't really get into that until way later. And uh, also, which was where? Go. Oh, so go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say that was that's good. Uh, I'm just too eager to ask these questions. What? No, no, no. How please. did the first date at the other room end? Um, I don't. We did not kiss. 
I think we hugged. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was just it was just immediately like super <clears throat> super comfy. We no, we didn't kiss until later. No, we didn't kiss until I think the second date. Um, oh, and I'm also okay. The the second the second one is way better. Oh, okay. Um, and again, I'm like I'm saying I'm telling tales out of school here. I shouldn't be doing this, uh, but I will just go ahead and say this. Um, the second date, um, I felt so immediately comfy. That one of my old roommates, another another old roommate from New York, I lived in a big place. Uh, another old roommate from New York uh, had just gotten engaged, and there was an engagement party, and the this guy's fiance at the time's uh, aunt is Carol Bayer Sager, who's like this songwriter oh, yeah. who's written a who wrote That's What Friends Are For and like a million things, and was married to Burt Backrack, and the two of them wrote a lot of songs and whatever. So of course she lives in like you know, incredible luxury in Bel Air. And so the party was there and I was like, well, this guy's, this guy I just met is going to be my date. Like immediately it was like, and eh, this is the guy. So, um, so yeah. I went to pick him up and uh, I went to his apartment in West LA, right by the, uh, the, the Aero theater. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I went up, I shouldn't be saying this, but it's the cutest goddamn thing. Um, print, like he was there in a suit and everything and printed out on his little, desk next to his computer was uh, directions on how to tie a tie. Oh, Because he was like, you know, because he kind of, you know, he grew up, you know, in rural and then, you know, immediately went off to work in studios and whatever. And I was like, (gasps) and he he killed it. That is pretty. And and how was The knot was great. The knot was great. The knot was very even. The knot was great. He tied that knot in more ways than one. Yes, he did. Come on. That is a very, very cute meet cute. Oh, thanks. And don't forget, if you have better ones, which you do, um, send them to homophiliapod at gmail.com, whether in audio or text form, whatever works for you. All works. Um, our guest this week is uh, the podcastress behind uh, Just Between Us. Uh, and Bad With Money, the book Bad With Money, all the books that I mentioned before. Um, she is an absolute dream. Uh, she is the the lover of a former guest of ours, Mal Blum. Uh, I love it when that happens. Everybody, please stay tuned for Gabby Dunn. Folks, we're back with Gabby Dunn. Hi, Gabby Dunn. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. Thank How you are so you guys? much for being here. Um, we're okay, right, Matt? You okay? <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, could be a lot better, but it could be a lot worse. <laughs> I suppose. What's, what's the background behind you? Uh, behind me is it's like an acoustical baffle thing. Okay. It's foam covered in burlap, but then I turned it into a very sloppy bulletin board. Is it with just stuff on it? Oh, I thought you it know. was con- concert tickets. There are concert tickets. There Aww. are you know little VIP passes to things. Who's that, that gentleman yeah. playing guitar right underneath your hand? That is uh, Dreamboat and style icon Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes. Currently, uh, oh. he's just married Mandy Moore. Oh, sure. oh what is, a get. 
super talented and dreamy, and I just like the way he dresses. So I, I like uh, to be reminded of very Taylor happy for Mandy Moore. I like. Yeah, I think they both people, did well. I like what people have like it up in their house, you know, or like yeah. what kind of posters or things that you have. Because uh, what do you think I, about my background, Gabby? It's so entertaining! <laughs> wow, uh, it tells me that you wanted a, a neutral Zoom situation. Yeah, it's, honestly, it's, it's, it's I do need to hang something up. I chose I just choose this because there's a big window there, yeah. So it is the most flattering like lighting position in the house. But the background is terrible. What's the coolest poster that you have? I have a lot of Jennifer Aniston paraphernalia. <laughs> I I have my I, I have I have hide self view on so that I don't obsess about the way I look. So I can't even tell if you're seeing this. But that's a Jen calendar. Sure. Um, here's, what she? I have a can Jen you just mask. Matt, what, What's why? she doing in August? What's Jen's mood for August? That is a from an Architectural Digest spread, and she's just in a casual boyfriend jean, kicking up a leg as she kind of just kicking a leg up. in the in the doorway. Uh, that's getting that, a that stretch in her patio. Yeah, sure. Wow. Okay. Wow. Why do you um, like her? Her casual ease, her commitment to the same hair. All of it. All of it. I like that she is. The, I mean, obviously the greatest comedic actress of all sure. time yeah. um but uh i don't know I, I never i never have a good answer for it because <laughs> i try to i try to answer as and make it a bit but it's not really a bit but right. I, it's like i don't know where the bit begins and ends but you just, just like her i just do oh i can't help myself do you have a celeb like that that is sort of your person Patrick that Swayze. you Patrick Swayze. Swayze. I have two Swayze tattoos. Ah, oh, can wow. See? Can I we have, see that? This is, this is a ghost. And this uh-huh. says, pain don't hurt from Roadhouse. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well. And then I'm working I, on, I'm working on more of like a, I want to get something from Dirty Dancing. I want to get something um, from, uh, oh, God, why am I blanking? Oh, Point Break. Um, and then the other one I like is Kurt Russell. So I'm thinking the other side of my arm is like a Kurt Russell homage, and this will be my Swayze homage. Wow. I, I wasn't that. expecting that at all. And let me just tell you, when you said, I have two Patrick Swayze tattoos, first one's Ghost, my brain went, because he's dead. Didn't even ah! think about the movie. I know. It's sad. I know. Didn't then, but we should tell people who can't see it. It's just, it's not a ghost. Like, it's not like a like a image of Patrick Swayze. No, it's, it's not a cartoon Swayze up. Cartoon ghost. Yeah. 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 It's Charlie there, Brown on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the in script, it says pain don't hurt. Because that is the weirdest exchange, the funniest, like just most macho bullshit it's in Roadhouse. Amazing. I think of Roadhouse as like science fiction because you have to at first accept the reality that there is such a thing as a famous bouncer and that yeah. all <laughs> everyone knows that a bouncer, a famous bouncer. And then you have to. And then you have to accept that, like, everyone would know to call him in to, like, fix one bar. Like, there's so much suspension of disbelief. Uh, And then he's, like, getting sewed up uh, by uh, the doctor that he has the relationship with. And she's like, oh, you have a lot of scars. And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, you must like pain. And then he just goes, pain don't hurt. What? Yep. But, like, it's either so nothing or it's, to me, so deep. (laughs) 
so deep that it is etched on you Because it's the funniest thing. In a way that's painful. Yeah, that's the kind of the joke. It's also like the funniest thing. You Like I said to a friend of mine, uh, I got a Patrick Swayze tattoo and he was immediately like, does it say pain don't hurt? And I was like, it does. <laughs> it does. That's fantastic. Okay, so on the 90s movie tip, mm-hmm. I just watched, and I haven't said this to you, Matt, yet either. Uh, and I'm glad you're here for this, Gabby. I just, for the other night, I don't know how it's possible that this is the first time that this has happened. But the other night, Ben and I both, for the first time, watched Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know how I got 30 years without seeing this, like, gay classic. Yeah, but it's more of like a, it's a a gay lady classic. So maybe it's a gay lady classic. Yeah. 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 And it was definitely, it was 91, so I was probably too self-conscious to see something so obviously <laughs> queer and female. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw it and I loved it. Yeah, it's and very I good. Even, it's uh, Kathy Bates and like Mary... Mary Stewart Masterson. Stuart uh-huh. Masterson. Uh, Mary Louise not, Parker. It's not as explicitly gay as you would ho- you would want it to be. No, it's 90-91 gay. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's low-key... It's, uh, you know, it's like tomboyish girls with, you know, curls pasted right. down by sweat to their foreheads, intense, drinking sweet tea. Intense female friendship, as they say. Intense, intense female you're friendship. You're like, hmm, seems like you're really obsessed with each other and you could unpack yeah. that. But no, okay. Yeah. We just, Mary just Stewart Masterson in pants. Yeah, it's <sighs> from today. They're obviously, you know. Right, right, right. They're in love it's, with each other. But at the time, you could skirt that a little bit. There's plausible yeah. deniability. Yeah. The book is, I think, a little bit more. I read the book, and I think it's also... I'm trying to remember what's the movie and what's the book. But I think the book is a little bit more explicit about sure. the relationship. But it's it it's very be. good. It's very it's like such a mood. Like the southernness of it all and like the... I don't know. It, the way everyone's yeah. dressed, as you said... And the yeah. and the like. Oh, we we gotta work at this diner. Everything is so like it's just such a vibe. Yeah, this like diverse diner where yeah. we like serve colored people and Quote, you know and, yeah. and hobos. And uh, the second you see Chris O'Donnell, you're like, you're gonna if you survive through the credits, it's gonna be a miracle. And he barely does. <laughs> um, he was a, a tw- he's a little twerp. He's, he's, yeah, he's very young. He's, you know, he's probably 19. Yeah. But he's like gorgeous and so good natured that you know that he's doomed. <laughs> um, he was a formative one for me. Because he's Robin. Oh, he's yeah. Robin and, and Batman. He's Robin. Yeah. And you know what, what, what really got under my skin was Mad Love, his Drew Barrymore Ooh, movie. Yeah. Do you remember that one? No. Um, Drew Barrymore is like a, is like the, a mentally ill, like, um, Oh no! M- Manic pixie dream girl, essentially, oh, and no. he is like the boy from the right side of the tracks who's trying to save her, and then they like go on the run together. Um, it's Yay! terrible. But <sighs> what were your sort of like formative queer movies or queer adjacent movies or vaguely homoerotic movies? Oh gosh, um, what did I? I was also well, and Dave said he was scared to like go towards anything gay like i was as well like i was like if they see me watching something gay they'll know uh so i was very terrified of that i was just uh, my so my partner's a a trans masculine person and they grew up 
very they they were like very in the lesbian scene when they were younger. So they were very like with Ani DeFranco and like all these sort of things that like and I, I guess, did not quite know the difference of like gay and lesbian. So when I was younger, like my experience of stuff is very like white weho gay. Like I loved queer as folk and like I I I liked um the the music the like gay music that I liked was like dance music or like things that were like gay DJs or like you would find it on on like live journal or something. It would be like mm-hmm. some gay guy's song like like the Johnny McGovern soccer practice, like all that stuff. Yes, and then yes. like so like I have a completely like I have a completely different experience than them where like I they were just very soft and lesbian and then I was like I think we just dance and do poppers right that's what we do like I have no <laughs> no concept because the lesbians in everything were boring I mean the lesbians and queers folk were boring the L word seemed boring like so I don't know I feel bad but yeah no but you were coming up at a time where like pop culture wise white gay guys are sort of the, the WeHo aesthetic was the dominant message in terms of what gay looks like yeah, you guys are like having a moment. Like it was all like it was all like, oh, they they can hook up and do whatever they want. And I was like, oh, it looks so fun. Like, look at how fun it is. But then, like, yeah, and I I didn't. Um, my my partner's a singer songwriter. You had Mal on, and yeah. like, it's just a different. Like, they're just very like soft, sort of like Melissa Farrick and like Indigo Girls and that kind of thing. And I just wasn't. I was not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Wait, go for it. No. What What are you watching now? What are you, what are you, what's getting you through the lockdown in Palm Springs? <laughs> um, I am deep into Star Trek. Huh. I just started watching Star Trek and because it's all on Netflix and I wanted something that I could just like be in for a while. Um, It's not gay enough. Let me tell you. Which, which Star Trek? Uh, Next Generation. And I am confused thus far because it is the future. And yet I have seen no gay people. And I and and it's I don't get it. (laughs) You're seeing, I think, some people of color, right? Yeah. 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 Whoopi, LeVar Burton. Yeah. 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 Picture Zone, LeVar Burton. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's all it's it's very diverse. Um. But it's also like even on like they go to like the horny planet or whatever. And like even on like the horny planet. Yeah. They go to like some planet that's like a fuck planet. The show is so. (laughs) Can I just. okay? the show is so horny, like from the jump horny, like every storyline is like fucking in some way. And Mal was like. Because they don't have capitalism, they don't have money. So Mel was joking and was like, "The cur- when you don't have money, the currency is fucking. Like, there's just no... It- it's so... There was, like, it's so campy. It's the campiest show. They, like, go into the holodeck and they're, like, suddenly in the 40s. Like, it's just pure camp. Yeah. There's, like, I mean, Three's Company-esque misunderstandings happening. Like, it's so funny. Uh, I know that you'll get into a better place uh, in terms of queer representation with the one that's the not the yeah. I, I don't I don't CBS know all access the, one the CBS yeah. all access one with Wilson Cruz yeah and Anthony nice Rapp Anthony Rapp Anthony Rapp yes I also know that well that was a big one for me in terms of queer representation is uh, in the when I was a teenager is Rent um, oh, yeah. and I very much loved Adina Menzel. 
and I had a big crush on Adina Menzel. And if like I've, I, my parents took me to New York to see um, Wicked for my high school graduation. And are you going to get it? Dave's trying to uh, catch I don't think so. I'm very uh, sorry about this. No. There's a mosquito in my fucking office and it's driving me crazy. I know. I hate it. The That's works. like my, I hate it. And I always get sorry. bitten. Always. And I'm like, how? how Same here. How? Um, I do too. Same here. But um, yeah, so I, I, my parents took me to see Wicked uh, when I was in, when I was graduating from high school and it was an understudy. Oh, and not, no. And I cried like a brat. Like oh, a little, because it, was, you, because because it wasn't Adina Menzel. And somehow my parents were like, this seems heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, your references are still kind of veering toward gay male to me. Because mm-hmm. that's something that I, I was much older by the time Wicked came out. But that's a tantrum I would have thrown. Yeah, a Broadway you tantrum. Know, a big time. Uh, 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 yeah, and I loved, I, I loved Rent. I loved her in Rent. I loved Anthony Rapp in Rent. Um, they all, they both had original music, like albums that they put out and I like loved their albums, which, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was very, it would, to me, it was like, you go to New York, you, you dance at a nightclub and like that, but it was like no concept to me that like a gay, a gay bar is not for, it's somehow not for women a little bit. It depends. It depends on the bar. Yeah. But for the most part, there weren't aren't even were not even establishments that were for women. There were nights no. that were for women. Exactly. And now, too, I mean, nothing is now. But like yeah. now, too, there would be like the chapel at the Abbey, which is like lesbian night. But but nothing there would not be in general. Like, but why isn't I? Uh, why isn't there like a, a a lesbian bar with like go go dancers? Why don't we have uh, the Abbey? I don't understand. I, you have. I mean, did you ever get yourself to Meow Mix in New York back in the day? No, I went to you were Cubby probably Hole. Too young. I went to Cubby Hole by the time oh, I was great. in New York. I love Cubby Hole. Love Cubby Hole. I went to Cubby Hole and Julius and Pieces. Oh, uh, you really hit it. <laughs> you have really hit it. Yeah. Have you seen um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yes. Takes place almost uh, entirely in Julius. Does that not make you long for a snowy afternoon and a, mm-hmm. and a daytime whiskey mm-hmm. and a terrible hamburger in Julius? Yeah, I know. Oh. I was. Yeah, I was. I, I've heard that because of the pandemic, there's a lot of like it's rough. Like a lot of these bars might have trouble. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. I know. Don't you fucking take my Julius. I know. Um, as an Adita Menzel fan, I have to ask this. And I, w- <laughs> I wish she weren't tied to this so so inescapably. Sure. But how did you react to Adele Dazeem in the moment? Uh, I thought it was, um, I I mean, Travolta's a little getting older and yeah. a little bit out of it. And yeah. I uh, I thought it was like, I thought it was like an affront because she's so this is the thing that I hate is there are people that are so Broadway famous, like so Broadway famous. And then they yeah. like like Billy Porter. And then he gets on pose right. and everyone's like, we just discovered Who's Billy this? Porter. And I'm like, yeah. are you are you really like it's such a divide where I think there's like no I mean, I'm not even a huge Broadway fan, but there's like kind of no respect for it. And even yeah. like the the way uh, transitioning into television, like Davi Diggs was on 
um, the mayor that yeah. show and then that got canceled or like, you know, transitioning over like Glee transitioned over a lot of people. But um, like Jonathan Groff and Leah Michelle, but like transitioning over like um, Lauren, I know like Lauren Bonatti has had like a million pilots, a million shows and let and yet like it doesn't work or like there's just kind of this weird divide where like real quote unquote celebrities are like don't know the names of any famous Broadway people who are like royalty on Broadway. I don't yeah. know why there's such a huge, huge divide. I was like, you don't know Adina Menzel. Are you serious? She's like our princess. Like what? And not only don't you know it, but it's like, I don't know her name. So I'm going to give her a new name. And now that's her name. Yeah. yeah also, like, I can't read. <laughs> yeah. Can't read. Can't remember. So what I'm going to do instead of saying I actually, I can't read and I don't remember is I'm 100% just with the confidence of a white yeah. man. I'm just going to fully invent a new name for you in the moment. And then henceforth, <sighs> that will be your name. And more or less, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. I mean, she's iconic in her own right, but like tied inextricably to that moment. Yeah. Don't you think there was a little bit of a thou dost protest too much of like him wanting to be like... <laughs> Guys, I don't know Broadway. Why would I? Oh, oh maybe. I hadn't thought that deeply about I, it. I so don't know it that I'm, I'm not even going to read the teleprompter. It's just disrespectful. I don't know. It's like yeah. when you're a comedian and someone's like, next up, my amazing dear friend. And then they say your name wrong or whatever. It's like, just ask. <laughs> like, Gaby Dunn. Gaby, yeah. Gaby Dumb, which is uh, what someone wrote on my lunchbox in the sixth grade. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Yeah. Oh, Gabby. Gabe, oh, Gabby no. really lends itself. So it sure does. David Homos is a is a thing that you know uh, my, my name lends itself. If you're if you're a slightly effeminate kid, that's that's your go to. Yeah, yeah, enough. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabby, dumb. But I, the thing, I wasn't even. I was like one of the top smartest kids in my class, so I don't even understand. Like I was like, you're just wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm like not... in all like honors classes, so. <laughs> it's not a well-observed insult. It doesn't no. have the ring of truth. No. The the best was when I was in high school and this they all the girls went to a Maroon 5 concert without me. And Gabby. I know. I think ultimately you won in that, <laughs> but whatever. But and at the I time, would, and are these your friends? No, I mean I was in a very small school. So I was in a school I, it was 150 kids in the whole school. Sorry I was okay. It was 150 kids in the whole school and there were 30 kids in my grade. And wow. uh, it's a Jewish day school. And all the girls like made sh made shirts together and went to a Maroon 5 John Mayer concert. Uh, and I was not invited. And I asked, I finally like was like, hey, what? Why? what's the deal here? And one of the girls was like, oh, do you really want to know? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, you think you're better than everyone. <laughs> and I was like, but I am better than everyone. But yeah, <laughs> I'm merely observing the truth. Uh, but I am. So it was like, yeah, it was kind of I, I, it, when you only have 30 people to make friends with. It's a little bit like who what are my options here? Right. Yeah, I don't rough. really like any of you guys. Uh, I like I had a couple. Of, I had like a couple. I had like two guy friends and then like one one girl who I was friends with who was a Republican. And we would just argue all the time. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and have you stayed in touch with them? Um, no, one of them, I really fucking, I really, uh, uh, think that I, 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 what is the word? I'm impressed by this. One of them was this guy who was like, as soon as I graduate, I'm never talking to any of you again. 
And I'd be like, whatever. Like, okay, you're our friend. Like, whatever. And then he graduated, went to Vassar, and never spoke to any of us again. Wow. I respect it. I'm like, I haven't tried to contact. I'm like, you did it, sir. You you did exactly what you said you were going to do. You wanted out. And you're not social media friends. You're not. None of it. Nope. One guy I was very good friends with in eighth grade, and he came out to me as gay, and now I checked on him, and he's married to a woman, so I have a lot of questions. Uh I saw it on Facebook, and I went, no. I mean, who knows? Maybe Uh he figured out he was bisexual. I don't know. But I was like, oh, no. Uh, What was happening with you dating-wise in high school? Uh, I had a long-distance boyfriend who was very into the band Fish uh, that I met at summer camp. Um, and he's married now. I think he lived in Israel for a while. Uh, and then, and he was like, played guitar and was like very, um, his, it was, everyone I knew was very Jewish and his mother was a convert. So he was like blonde haired, blue eyed. And I was like, whoa, like nobody was basically Mm. in our like circle. Um, and he, he, like, he was very like, uh, romantic and very into me and would like write me these long letters about how we were going to be together forever. And I'd be like, probably not. (laughs) Uh, um, and, uh, and then I had a whole thing, which I've, I've talked about that actually, like, uh, I had this, this girl that I was like pretty obsessed with and like wrote poems about and stuff. And, uh, she was in my school. She was a year older and she, there was like a day where we were like in the bathroom at school and, and like one thing led to another we made out and then her. I was like freaking out, like f- like fully sweating, like my life is over, freaking out. And I I didn't talk to her about it. And then her friend came up to my locker like the next day and was like, you better not hurt her. And I was like, oh, my God, people know about this. No, 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 no. And so she like had this boyfriend that she was on and off with. And she like came up to me and was like, hey, I, I Daniel wants to get back together, but I don't know if I want to. What do you think? And she was like clearly asking if I wanted to be with her. And I was like. Uh, I think you guys should get back together. And she was like, okay. And then she went and got back together with him. And then I was sad. And oh, then no. I know. And then what is the, uh, can you, what's the soundtrack of this moment? What are, what are we listening to? <laughs> what am I listening to? Bright eyes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that tracks. That tracks. Okay. Good. Uh, good, good, good. Carry on. And, uh, and so, so then I would, I, she graduated and she was a DACA recipient. So she didn't go to college. She just went to, uh, she started working or whatever. She was like an artist. And then I checked on, or like I checked on her and she was in New York and I was in New York, but I like didn't reach out. And then I, I like would follow her and unfollow her on Instagram, like periodically. Uh, and then, but we never talked about it. And then she followed me on Instagram and was like, I'm going to be in LA. Do you want to get coffee? And I was like, <gasps> and this is like 15 years later. And I was like, yeah. uh, okay. So we went and got coffee. We were at coffee for four hours. Never brought up if the what happened between us. I We talked about like these guys that we were friends with who I was like, they were dating, right? And she was like, yeah, they were gay. They were dating. And I was like, okay. Because they like traveled Europe together and were like together. But like then like sometimes the other one would like hook up with girls. So I was like, what's the deal here? But um, they were together. So I, I was real astute. But mm. um, then... Uh, we didn't talk about it. Then I, I went like months went by. I went to New York. I hit her up and was like, do you want to get a drink in New York? I was like, OK, we went to this bar in New York. I like got like, I don't know, two drinks in. And then I was like, so you'll recall uh, 
what what happened between us? And she was like, what? Yeah, of course I remember that. And I was like, oh, well, so that so what um, how was that for you? And she was like, oh, I was like, fine. I, I thought maybe we would date. And I was like, what? And so she had no when we separated from making out. She went about her day and was like, how fun. Like, maybe this will be my girlfriend. Lovely. And I was like vomiting and sweating and like flipping out and was like, what am I going to do? My life is over, blah, blah, blah. And she had no idea. She thought I was like, just also fine. And I was like, so you think we would have just like your plan was just to date in a religious day school and just be together. And she was like, yeah, I don't know. We were already like art kids. Like, why wouldn't we also be gay? And I was like, so you just what you thought that we would just be girlfriends around the school. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, let me tell you what was going on for me. I was having a meltdown. And she was like, I had no idea. I did not know that this was affecting you at all. I didn't know that it was a big deal for you at all. And when I was like asking you about that, like when you said you didn't want to date me, I was like, oh, that's sad. But like I thought I thought we would date. But like, oh, well, and I was tortured. Oh, God. And she had no idea. Like 15 years later, she was like, really? Like, that was really like, she's like, I wanted to date you. I was hoping we would date. And I was like, yeah, but you told her, like, go get back with your ex. Because I was like, right. You're also melting down. I mean, this is crazy. Right. So, but it was just like we never communicated about it. So she had no idea that it like set me on a trajectory. And I was like, what did you you thought you were just and she was like, yeah, I was just bisexual, like whatever. And I was like. I had a heart attack. <laughs> and in this moment, when you, you finally are reconnecting about this all these years later, is there a, a, an energy between you or w- what's the vibe? Uh, Yeah, but she's married to a guy. But mm-hmm. I don't and I don't know what their I don't know what their deal is. And then I felt kind of like presumptuous to be like, right. I felt like if anything, because she's married and I'm not. I was like, if anything is happening, like it has to come from her. So. I, we just like then we hung out and we like got pizza and we were like together for like hours. And then I just put her in a cab. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I know it's like kind of a similar. I've called it my moonlight. I'm sure that's offensive, but <laughs> <laughs> but I've talked about her like so much on the channel and like on the podcast and stuff that like I, I usually bleep her name and then the fans can cut, try to read my lips and figure out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> have they no because she has a very um she has a very ethnic name so i think they they're reading it in like a english language and it's not Got it. so but yeah it was like <sighs> what a journey uh and i still and now and like yeah i just had no i thought she was also panicking like i just had no idea the idea that she thought that we could walk around that school together holding hands is mind-blowing to me but she was like we were already losers what does it matter and Mm. i was like it mattered to me right yeah and you would not have been able you're too really invested in it to just be able to be chill about it day to day right i mean i was like what am i gonna do tell my parents i have a girlfriend Mm -hmm. what am i gonna do walk around this school with a girlfriend are you out of your mind i like always am like it was pre-glee that just like was not a thing but like those right. guys, but I guess like those guys were together, but nobody really, uh, it, it, it was kind of like ambiguous, hmm. but then I don't know. I just was like, there's no, there's no world in which, what am I going to tell my parents? Like, there's just no world in which this is a thing. Um, 
So I, I was blown away that she was so confident and that she was so like it wouldn't it would have been whatever. And that her pragmatic view was like, this isn't going to change our standing at the school. So who cares? And I was like, I don't I, I just couldn't I couldn't imagine. I when we when we stopped making out and I went back to my class, I had like a vision that everyone in the class turned and looked at me like in a horror movie. It didn't happen. Yeah. But I was like, I just like had like a sweat and like thought everyone was staring at me. Nobody was staring at me. I was just losing my mind. Fuck. And then, and then <laughs> I know. You, and then you put the headphones on, you, you hit play on Bowl of Oranges and you're exactly you're, you're transported. But, like, yeah, I mean, it sucks, too, because I think it's this queer thing of like, I could have had this formative, like. I could have had like a, a girlfriend. I could have had this formative thing. But instead, you have to like the queer rules are you wait until you're in college, <laughs> you know. Right. But my partner, my partner had a girlfriend in high school. And I was like, you what? And like they were like, yeah, I just I, I met her at a volleyball tournament. Like we dated or whatever. And I was like, what do you mean you date? Like, how do you get to the point in high school where you can just ask a girl out? And Mal is like. I mean, I looked like a butch lesbian, like there was no hiding it. Nobody was like, that's a straight girl anyway. So whatever. And I was like, I can't even imagine. It's two different like sides of privilege in some ways. And right. so then what was your experience that you went to college and, and your, your formative kind of dating stuff happened then? <sighs> kind of my, uh, I was like out as bisexual, but I was very nervous about it. And I had a lot of biphobia from lesbians. Like, I remember I wanted to go out to like lesbian night at a bar and the girls were like, you can't go to that. They'll eat you alive. And I was like, I don't know what that means. But or just like that, I wasn't gay enough like that. I yeah, was like, right. so it kind of I was I had this idea that lesbians were mean. Uh, and and then after like not until like 2016. I mean, I had girlfriends and stuff, but like I they were very feminine girls and it was kind of this thing of like, well, they're super hot. They would be super hot to anyone. So, it's not like gay. It's like, well, I, anybody would date this girl. Look at her. Uh and like uh and but that wasn't necessarily what I was attracted to. I was just like, you got to have a hot girlfriend. That's what you got to have. Yeah. And uh and then when I went in 2016, this is like I in 2016, I met Mal and I was like, oh, no, oh, like, no. I, how did you I, meet? Tell us your meet cute. <laughs> uh, I was they had a music. They had a music video for uh, a song called Reality TV, and they had all these different reality TV tropes in the in the music video. And my friend Brittany, Brittany Nichols, I don't know if you know her. Yeah. She, so she asked me to be in it. Uh, and sh to play a, a a gay bachelorette contestant. So like the scene is like Mal's the bachelor and is giving out the rose and they drop the rose. And when they look up, me and another bachelorette contestant are making out. And so uh, and and so I was in that and I was super femme, like long blonde hair, little tight dress heels doing this bachelor contestant thing. And Mal is like a like a transmasculine kind of rocker person. And I was I saw them and I was just like, <gasps> like, it just opened my it just was like, this is what you like. And I was like, whoa. Um, and so I tried to get them to follow me on on Twitter. And I was like, I was just like very weirdly aggressive and was also like 
Then like a few days later, we were at uh, a camp, which is like a queer women's camp thing, because I was doing stand up comedy and Mal was doing music. And we were so we were both like talent there. And I got so drunk, like so drunk, like drank, like Uh-oh. so drunk. And I was like, went to Mal and was like try- hitting on them. And they were like, well, I'm kind of interested in this other person. And I was like, so like it was this person in a, a sparkly dress. And I don't remember a lot of this. Mal's like, you literally went. Mal's like, sorry, I'm kind of like interested in someone else. And I went, who sparkle dress? Who cares? <laughs> like <laughs> very, very aggressive and and very much like, no, listen, you want to be with me is the thing. And they were like, no. Uh, and then the next day I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And so I was like really embarrassed and awkward around them. Uh, and then we were like friends. They said they didn't really care. And then we were friends. And then every so often, like I would be in different relationships, but like every like twice a year, I'd be like, Mal, just checking. Do you want to hook up with me? And they'd be like, no, thank you. And I'd be like, all right. <laughs> like, But I always I like had a crush on them for like years. And I would always like I took them on like a date once, which uh, my partner at the time we were open. But my partner at the time was crying basically the entire date and texting me pictures of herself crying. So I was oh like, my I God. So I was like. We can't hook up. My partner is texting me photos of herself crying. I have to go home. Uh, so that's a lot. <laughs> that's yeah, a lot. That person didn't want to be non-monogamous. If you couldn't tell. Yeah, no, <laughs> that is not the lifestyle for that person. No, and so Mal eventually, and Mal was like knew me with this partner, and they said that they started changing how they felt about me because they were like gosh, I really don't like how this person treats Gabby. I, w- I wouldn't pick this person for Gabby. Well, who would I pick for Gabby? Maybe me. <laughs> like, mm. it was like a... And then they were like, oh. Oh, I like Gabby. And then I don't want her to be in this relationship and I feel very upset about her being in this relationship and I don't like that she's unhappy with this person because I want to make her happy. But it was like mm. a full change from like, so annoying. Like, it's very funny because we have mutual friends and they told one of our mutual, fr- two of our mutual friends were like at- wanting to work with me on a project. And they were like, hey, you know, Gabby Dunn, like what what's her deal? And Mal told both of them, she's great at what she does, but she's so annoying. And and then now we're together and we like went on double dates with these people. And it's like, surprise. <laughs> and they're, I was like, remember when Mal told you I was annoying and now they're in love with me? <laughs> Oh my God. And so then what was Mal's move uh, when they realized that you were, you know, no longer just a friend? Well, they were helping me. I I, I was going through a relationship thing uh, where my partner at the time was having some gender feelings and I, and Mal's trans. So I was like, what do I do? How do I be a good partner? And Mal was like, get, like was like hop on Skype and like Skyped with me for like an hour to like tell like help me like with the whole what what should I do what are good resources all this stuff and I was like oh my god that's so nice of them like I always thought they were hot but I was like wow that is like so selfless so nice um and then so then but then me and this other person broke up and then I knew I was gonna see Mal in a month at at the camp again for 2019 Mm -hmm. And I te- what I texted them and was like, listen, we're going to see each other at this camp. I'm finally single. So you don't have to worry about a partner like crying or whatever, any drama. 
You're going to be at the camp. I'm going to be at the camp. If you have a fucking girlfriend when you get to camp, I will kill you. And and Mal was like, okay. like, And they said that they thought I was like <laughs> joking or that I was like doing a bit or they were like, yeah, maybe we'll like make out, but like whatever. And I would just periodically be like 17 days until I come for you. They would be wow. like, sure. Okay, whatever. Sure. <laughs> and then I like, this is like my brain. Is that we got, I got to the camp and we were like at a campfire and it was like 11 o'clock and Mal was like, okay, I'm going to go back to my room. Like, good night, everyone. And they went back to their room and I said, I thought, oh, I see. So in 10 minutes I should follow them to their room. That's what they're, that's what they're hinting at. And they were like, and so, and so I went up and I went and knocked on the door and they were like, oh, hey. And I was like, I got your message. And they were like, <laughs> no, but you can come in. I'm a lunatic. And they were like, but it pays uh, off. Yeah. And they were like, um, no, but like, come in if you want. And then we hooked up. But they were like, you are so weird. And they and they like slowly over that week were like, she's so strange. And then they like started to like me more. And then we hung out that whole week. And then they were like, wow, there's like really something here. And then now it's like, they know. I mean, a lot of it is like false bravado is like a thing I put on. So like now in the past like year and a half that we've been together, they've gotten to see that it's like kind of a shtick. And um, and so they're like, oh, I see like this. You're actually a real person. You're not like a like a weird playboy, whatever that you're putting on. Talk me through the shift from shy day school Gabby Dunn <laughs> to brazen Gabby Dunn. I, what, I don't. What, was there a moment when you were like, ah, this is who I am now? I, I don't know. I mean, I think I started when I started the YouTube channel, I was very I, I was very outspoken about being bisexual. And I wasn't like now I'm like, oh, I could have hit it and then made a whole video monetizing it, gotten millions of views, whatever. But I didn't do that. I just when we started the channel, I was just like out from the jump. And so be, as I got more known as like a, a like an influencer in the queer space, I mean, I talked out my ass the first two years. I had no idea what I was talking about. I only knew, like, I only knew, like, very little about relationships with women. Like, I had these relationships, but they were, like, chaos always. And they were always these, like, hot girls who were, like, ruining my life. And, um, but I acted like, oh, I know everything. I've dated all kinds of people. I know all of this. Um, because I think I was putting on, like, an internet persona. And, and then I just, like... I mean, I was very insecure, definitely. I was like, well, I'm good looking. So if I hit on Mal, Mal will like me. And Mal was like, no, like there's other types of people in this camp. This is like a camp where like basically the camp really did a lot for me because it it showed me that like the ways in which straight people view what is attractive is not true. Like it's not the only way. So like all the girlfriends I had were so that straight people would go. Well, I don't understand being a lesbian, but I understand dating that girl. Right. And right. when I started, when Mal rejected me, 
the next person I dated uh, was a, a butch lesbian woman. And I would and I started bringing her around and it got a completely different reaction than when I brought around who uh, one girl was a stripper and one girl my friends literally called model face. So it got like a totally different reaction to bring around Shannon, who uh, like literally people were like, she doesn't shave her legs or like we're just very confused about her. And I was so I was so into her. This was like the first time that I felt really like attracted to someone that I like I was just like so about it. And and I realized that like it doesn't all of that like it doesn't matter. It's not real. It's just what you want. Like it's what you and what and what is attractive is not literally everything I had been told my entire life. Like I had been told this is it. This is what is good looking. And that's it. And I was and I had no like like I had this is like and I and I use this uh, word just like as a descriptor. But like I had a straight friend at the time I was dating Shannon was talking about a, a friend of hers who's overweight and was like, oh, I like just feel so bad for her because like it's so hard for her to date because she's fat. And I said, mm. Shannon's fat. And they were like, well, no, 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 no. It's different. It's different. And I was like, how is it different? Like, and they were like, it's just, it's just different because it's just different. And I was like, cause men are allowed to be fat. And also because you don't see her as like, you just don't see her as a, a woman. You don't see her as like someone who could date. You know what I mean? Like, it was just this weird separation mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, cause it like fully doesn't matter. Like the higher, like at a camp, when I was at a camp, which is this camping thing, the hierarchy that I was used to of like, these are the hot people and these are the not hot people gone that's not a thing the hot people are these people or the hot people are who's who's most confident so i was like oh so like confidence is the only thing Mm. and it just like that can't fucking fuck my shit up like it changed everything and i was like a lot of it also i think is like you're you're still when you're figuring out your your queerness Mm -hmm. you are on some level looking for approval yeah from the straight world so mm-hmm. it's like look at this one i bagged you know what right. i mean so like so that they they see something that they recognize as attractive and so then they approve and right. their approval reflects on you right until like until the time that you can like generate that feeling your own self that's what happened is i just stopped right. i just was i just was like I just stopped. I just stopped subscribing to any of it. Like, I mean, it's right. hard. Like, I still like, you know, I think a lot, like I, I'm in a world now where like, you know, everyone kind of just looks how they look and it's genders kind of blurred. And there's like, you know, you can be very feminine, have a mustache or like whatever. Like, it's all kind of like in in its own like mess of things. And that's so that's wonderful. And I still have to sort of be like, like, I, I still have to like contend with my own like I have to have long hair or like you know whatever Mm. it is like it's I but like I I am very grateful that in the last like three years I've really come into like a totally different community and my sister now my sister is straight and she is blown away sometimes by like hanging out with my friends because it's just so different than like what you know it's just so different than her her group of friends and do you still see, because as you're describing this kind of like beautiful mess of a community, I, 
very, very broadly speaking, see gay men as being kind of still behind yeah. in that way. Way. You know, when yeah. you're talking about the, the, the hierarchy of like what hotness means that, again, very, very broadly speaking, and there are a million exceptions to this, I think gay guys are still like prioritizing the mm-hmm. thing that guys who look like they would be the bachelor. And yeah. Yeah. I get a and, peek at that because Mal's on Grinder and Scruff. So I get a, a peek at that because I'm like, you're so cute. You're like a little cute nugget, like whatever. And uh, they just are constantly like they don't want a trans guy. They don't want me like it's this very it's like a totally different world. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I, I mean, I don't know, but they and then it's weird because they don't feel very comfortable in like. Like I'll go, I'll go to Mickey's. I'll go to Flaming Saddles. Like whatever, uh, and and I would think that that would be more like Mal's. Mal's a guy, so like Mal, you know that whatever. But Mal's like not comfortable in those spaces at all, and like yeah, because in a weird way they are like the most heteronormative spaces in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in some ways. Yeah, I know that gay guys are very prioritizing looks in a way or prioritizing like straight straight passing or like all that kind of stuff yeah yeah um can we ask about the the open nature of your relationship and like how you how you sort of went about establishing what your boundaries were and what it meant to you um in general i like never cared like i just wasn't jealous like i never i was like I don't know. Do what you want. I have no, like, I have, like, a weird, like, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, you existed before I was with you. And, like, I, I've I've been very, I, other part, it depends on the partner. Because some partners are like, this is suspicious. I don't believe you. What is this? Why is this a trick somehow? Uh, or I dated one guy who was also bisexual. And it was, like, it was kind of it was great because, like, if I was busy, I knew he could just, like, handle himself. Like, it felt very, like, have fun. Like, go to the Studs Theater. Enjoy your life. Like, whatever. Uh, studs Theater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, do whatever. Pick someone up on Craigslist. Have fun. But, like, <laughs> I, uh, I'm i busy. But so, like, I, I do tend to, like, kind of independent, like, relationships where you're kind of, like, independent um but like specifically with mal i mean mal is is just coming into being like a trans mask and like has you know wa- has, hasn't really dated a lot of guys and like wants to date guys and wants to like be in that sort of like you know gay guy space for uh, although they're not very good at it but um <laughs> their method of flirting is horrible like oh, especially what with is it what <clears throat> because is it? they don't understand that men are simple, so they're like talking to them as if, and I have endless experience because I've like m- m- had mostly dated men. So like my like it, with women, like if someone says how are you, Mal's like writes a whole paragraph because it's like you know it's like th- they want this girl is gonna want like some sort of emotional whatever, and if a guy says how are you, Mal like starts to write this whole thing, and I'll be like. No, 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 honey. You just just write back. He just wants to hear horny. Like, don't. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. He doesn't want to know what you actually did today. Like, but they are so. Uh, they they're so they don't. 
they're like working on it from like a perspective of like talking to a woman. And I'm like, they don't, he doesn't care. Like he doesn't want to have a conversation with you. It's very, it's, it's kind of a mess. Uh, it's fascinating though. And, and it's, I feel like it's, it, it goes back to that confidence thing for you that jealousy has kind of never really been an issue. No, I mean, I just don't like being lied to. So like definitely in college, I dated this terrible guy who didn't believe me when I said I wouldn't like that. I don't care. And so he would just like straight. He was so bad. He would just straight up lie about where he was and then leave his computer open with like G chat open being like, I am lying to Gabby and I am at this place. And I'd be like, what? And then my whole thing would just be like, if you're going to cheat on me, I need you to be better at it. Because I, I, you have to pull it together. Like, you can't be just leaving stuff around. You can't be giving conflicting stories to friends so that they tell me conflicting stories. Like, pull it, pull it together. Like, I almost was like resentful. I was like, handle yourself. Like, yeah. wh- why are you making me worry about this? Like, just what? So, I yeah. But that situation aside, like, I am not really. I'm like literally like Mal, Mal, if Mal goes to hook up with someone, I'm like, okay, turn on your location on your phone. And then I'm like at home watching TV, like eating chips, checking to make sure they're not murdered. And like, let me know when it's done so I know you're not dead. Like, you know, because men, it's like, who knows? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just don't, I haven't really I I understand I understand that Mal hasn't explored this side of them and I would feel guilty if I kept that from them I would feel like I don't ever want someone to not do what they want to do because of me like I don't want I don't presume to think that I'm the their the depth of their life like they had stuff they wanted to do before they met me they have like Mal has their own gender journey that they're on that has nothing to do with me so like I can't I can't like, I don't know. It feels weird to like start dating someone and be like, now I demand that I am the, like, I don't know. And if, if that's not what they want, like Mal doesn't want that. Mal want, and like, I came into this poly anyway, because so like, it's nice when it's two people who are both poly coming into it and not like past relationships where I wanted to be open and, and the other person was struggling with it or didn't want to be open. Because I don't think like if I if I I try to extend the same depth, like complexity to other people that I have. So if I sleep with someone and I if I could sleep with someone and not love them and not have any feelings towards it and not care and not like have it affect my relationship, then like, why would I presume that the other person can't do that? Yeah. And has it, how has how has lockdown affected all of this? Oh, well, it's funny because we are in Palm Springs. And so Mal will turn on their one of their apps and it's like literally our next door neighbor neighbor is like (laughs) available, but we can't but like they can't go over there. Um, So it's kind of a strange like like I'm like you could talk through the fence. I don't really know. But uh, but so that's been yeah, it's kind of forced into a relationship model that you weren't prepared for. Um, I mean, it depends. Like I, I, a friend of mine, (laughs) a a friend of mine got, uh, arrested at a protest and her childhood best friend called me to be like, uh, I'm sorry. I know you don't know me, but I live in New York and you live in LA and Drew got arrested at a protest and 
uh, like, can you help her or whatever? And so then I was like talking to him and making sure that we got her out of jail. And then he and I just kept talking. And then now it's like a little bit of like a datey thing. Uh, and without but, having met in person. No, he's in New York. Yeah, I'm here. I know. I know of him. Like he's I. this is like my best friend in L.A. And this is like her childhood best friend. Right. So I knew of him from her. And I remember like months ago, she posted some photos with him for her for his birthday. And I was like, what's up with your friend? Like, who's your who's your friend? Uh, But it wasn't like but I. so when he called and was like, hey, it's me. Uh, I don't know if you know me. I was like, no, I know who you are. Like, I've heard of you. Mm. Um, But yeah, I haven't. But so it's like a very weird thing. Like I haven't met, I, I don't, and I, who knows when I will meet this person. So there's like still like elements of openness, but it's like, it's, it's not what I'm used to. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing is what we're used to anymore. I know. And, and now I think a lot of poly people are struggling with this. I don't know. My ex-boyfriend who used to go meet people from like, I mean, how are people meeting from Grindr? Like I don't, people are probably just mouses. People are still meeting up. I think people are just like saying fuck it. Yeah. Some people are just saying fuck it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I really don't understand. What a dumb way to go. I I just don't. I I don't. Yeah. I think people are. I was thinking about my ex who used to meet up with people from Craigslist and stuff. I'm like, what is he doing? But I think maybe he's still doing it. I don't know. I don't know. Polly in this Polly in the pandemic is I've seen a lot of stories where people are real like really struggling because they're with their main partner. They can't go see their other partner. Like what's the risk? Like it's a whole, it's a mess. I even think like people who were having affairs, what are they doing? Right. People who were cheating. What are they doing? What are they doing? Yikes. (laughs) I, uh, I've been, I'm doing a piece uh, about this very thing about like the kink community in Portland and Mm. what, uh, like, you know, what COVID, how COVID has, uh, has affected them. And, uh, yeah, talk to a, uh, a dominatrix who meets her partners on zoom now. Yeah. We went to Mal and I went to a, like a zoom sex party, but I was like, eh, I don't know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not, it wasn't, right. it was like, eh, like, uh, it's not the, it's not the same. <laughs> No. So I don't know what I don't. Yeah, I'm very I mean, I, I haven't um, since I broke up with that dude in 2017. I haven't really had my my finger on the pulse of the kink community anymore. But right. I can't imagine I, I don't I I would not have I would not have been happy. And I would have been very like, I don't know. I don't know what what it doesn't replace it. So it's it's probably very sad. Like right. are people in your piece like people are are not not good i imagine no i mean nobody's good but <laughs> it's you know it, but the thing is one benefit and a, a couple of people have said this is that um you now can the things that you can do with someone who's a block away mm-hmm. you can now do with somebody in you know rotterdam or whatever sure. like you can, yeah 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 it's, it's like that that wall has been broken down and it's like this is all that's available to any of us if 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 we're you know not mm-hmm. in a, you know if we're not strictly monogamous mm-hmm. um so it's like okay i mean it's not it's you know it's a it's a b minus substitute yeah. but since it's all we have it's like well it's a good time to meet some new people you know yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm curious, like, because, like, you know, a lot of the 
little like it, like the stuff that's happened thus far with with me and Mal's relationship has been like, you know, like a one night stand or like whatever. Um, so it is interesting to be like, I'm going to talk to this person on the phone, but like, I'm not going to like I'm I'm like if in a year if I meet like, am I still going to be attracted to this person? Like, will our entire relationship have just been on the phone and then like and then it'll fizzle out the way it would normally fizzle out in like a month. But like we've never met. <laughs> right. I mean, in the early days of like internet dating, it was a bit like that. You yeah. You meet somebody on match.com or whatever and yeah. have a great email volley with them for a couple of weeks. And then it's like, yeah, it's there's yeah, so many, the expectations of, are so high. We'll have all the, the like the, the steps of having seen each, like having dated, but obviously like it'll, I mean, I don't think it's like a long term, whatever. So it'll die out before we ever meet. What an indication right. of the times, you know? That's right. What a sign of the times. And then by the time, like, he comes to visit my best friend and we meet in person and maybe we're, like, not even into each other anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> that's what I think is going to happen. Physically, it's not there. Yeah. That's what I think might happen. It's so strange. Well, then that'll it's a time just to be, be alive, like, Gabby Dunn. Yeah, it'll just be like, remember when we pandemic dated for three weeks? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Over, yeah, but there's over Zoom and some text. things that uh, Zoom just cannot uh, substitute. No, yeah. no. I'm very glad that Mal, because we were separated for four months, uh, and so I'm. They drove. They drove across the country to be here. So Ooh. I'm glad. Yeah. So, so I'm you glad were separated we, because of the pandemic. Yep. They were in New um, York. They were in New York. I was in New York. I went home. Well, it was a whole thing because I was in New York for work and then my mom had a heart attack. And so I was going to go to Florida. I was like, oh, fuck, I got to go. And my mom was like, no, 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 no. Like, don't come down because I think travel is going to get restricted. And I was like, "Okay." so I went home, booked a ticket to see my parents a week later being like, well, I'll, I'll, you know, if it's not, I'll go back to I'll go to Florida, obviously, immediately. And um, and then it it was and then I had to cancel my ticket because it wasn't. And so like in the. This is kind of nuts. In the span of this five months that I haven't been able to go see my parents, my mom had a heart attack and my dad had cancer and then it got it taken out. So in the in the in these last five months, I have not gone to see them. And there's been like two medical emergencies. Yeah, yeah, you've had like more reason to go see them than ever. But ever before. But also more reason not to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're both well now. Yeah. Yeah. They're fine. I, I just was like, of course, like, and I, and I visit whatever, but I'm in California there in Florida. So like I would have, there would have been two visits within five months, which is a little unusual. Uh, but now it's like, uh, it's going to be no visits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mal, but Mal drove across the country and got here and we got tested and it was a whole thing, but yeah, but we were separated for four months and it was rough. But now they're here. So that's it's like it feels like it never happened. It feels like, wow, that was such a weird fever dream. It's a new beginning in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. Yeah. So or glad like the a band few... is back together. Thank you. Or uh, and eventually a, fl- a few blocks away from you. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. When you get here, we've been we've been doing uh, cocktails on the front lawn. Oh, at happy lovely. Hour. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, thank you so much. Of course. It's a lot of fun. It's a oh, lot of fun. We wave at our I- neighbors as they pass with their dogs. That's a good idea. We have we have determined 
that about 90% of the people, and in fact, we ha- we know this to be true, um, the neighbors who, who we have met who, you know, walk by with their dogs or strollers or whatever in their little swell bottle, about 90% of those swell bottles have gin and tonics in them <laughs> at 530. I, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? That's very we sweet. do whatever we got to do to get through. That's- we got to do what we got to do to get through. Gabby Dunn, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I love this show, so I appreciate it. You are a dream. Thank you. This show loves you, and and, uh, say hi to Mal. I I will. See you both IRL someday. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving me a reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T, Mm -hmm. our our producer. Thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh Thank Um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, Tell a friend. Leave a review. We love you. Mm